What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Fandom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are discussing a discovery of witches, season two, episode five. And I am going to start this out with the question that is on all of our minds. I'm sure it's probably the most important question of the episode, and I'm about to get real Southern, too. Diana and Matthew ain't did it yet. What? What? I'm like, what? What? What show was I watching? I was watching a completely different show. I mean, all that wasn't that. Like, there comes. I mean, what the heck? That's that. That takes drive number to a whole new level. <laughs> like, I thought that I had missed something, and I rewound it twice, and I was like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> and, so and like Mike and like Mike said before, she must have really put it on him to knock him out last season. But apparently, she really put it on him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, so after we got done recording another show a few days ago, Lori had a question about the episode, and she was like, "I just want to ask this question." She was like, "Have you guys watched the episode yet?" None of us had watched it yet. She said. Am I wrong in thinking that Diana and Matthew have had sex? And we're all like, yeah, they, they had sex first season. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Maybe I, okay, okay. So as soon as I start watching it and I get to a certain point, I message her. I put it in the group chat. I'm like, oh, I guess we were wrong. And then Anthony or Mike, one of them says, oh, they like, oh, I was watching something totally different. <laughs> like, Matthew and Diana have not consummated their relationship. And we I mean, don't find this out until halfway through episode five of the second season. What the hell have we been watching? I don't know. I mean, season. they they got really, really, I mean, the first season, like, what were y'all doing? It's like, well, did I, like, is this the way that interspecies code coitus is like is it like is it like tantric like did they were they like like not touching each other and i'm confused it was like it was like the prince special where they were sitting on opposite sides of the room and just talking to each other (laughs) (laughs) might as well i mean but then when you think about it, because I, I rewatched the episode tonight, as I usually do before we record, and my daughter was watching it with me before she went back, before she went to work. Uh, side note, yay, she's going back to work for the first time in six weeks since she's had COVID. So, yay. But, um, so we're sitting there watching it, and when they were in the tent, and Diana was, you know, on top of him, and she's taking her clothes off. She was like, um, excuse me, y'all are in the middle of nowhere in the cold. This is probably not the best time to get laid. And then I said, nope, just wait for it. And then when when he said the not yet, she looked at the screen. She was like, am I missing something here? And then when they saw Philippe later and had that conversation, she was like, wait, what? I said, they have not consummated their relationship yet. She was like, what the hell have we, what have we been watching? I I, I don't know. I, I guess they just have some really intense oral sex because I do know that they have had that. 
that has been very obvious. But when you think about going back and watching the other scenes, it's like, oh, no, they haven't. Okay. But now this, I mean, that revelation just opens up a whole lot of questions for me. Because one, I want to know, why not? It's not going to be because Matthew is quote unquote old fashioned because we know that he slept with Juliet. We saw that very plainly in, you know, in her flashback or her memories. So I'm kind of wondering, okay, so is this a thing where if he has sex with a warm blood, he can't control himself? Because you got to think about it. We do know that there are two women in his past that were warm bloods that apparently the relationships did not work out very well. <laughs> it didn't work out for them. And well, we, I went, and we I went back to the book. I went back to the book uh, today and they did say, he does tell her that uh, this is, they're still at Septor, they're still visiting his uh, mother. And he says to her to something to the amount of, I can't fully uh, uh, commit myself to you because I'm afraid if I do, meaning mating, I might hurt you. Hmm. So that was in the first book. Okay. Her can mean so many different things. Yeah. yeah. It could be emotionally or physically. Yep. But as, well, as a side note, since you brought up Philippe, I, I do want to point out that as, as duplicitous as he is, he did make some good points. Like, dude, you're lying to her. Like, dude, you really want to be with her. You would have done that already. Like, you need to commit. You need to make sure she knows you're committing. Mm -hmm. Because right now, at this point, Y'all really, you know, this isn't really much of anything. Yeah, but you know oh. what? Again, I'm I'm thinking maybe this has also something to do with the whole blood rage thing that we just recently learned about. Like maybe that's something he can't control if he's around or intimate with warm bloods. So I'm wondering if these two relationships that Matthew was in with warm bloods, if those happened maybe after Philippe passed and he doesn't know about them. And that's why he's just kind of assuming that, oh, if you love her, this is what you would do because he doesn't know about those tragedies in Matthew's life. And that's why he's protecting Diane. And like I said, it just, it opens up you know, we, we were joking about it, you know, in the beginning, like, oh, they haven't had sex. But I mean, it, it, it really offers some interesting questions, you know, about Matthew and the nature of his human relationships and, you know, just kind of what all of this means. I have different questions. Okay, okay. what are your questions? No, go ahead, Michael. <laughs> I see it on your face. All, all I hear is Aaron Hall singing, baby, you can't have all of me. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I have, I'm like, y'all, I mean, this is, this is like the interspecies version of shacking up. It's like, y'all ain't doing nothing. Like, why are y'all even together? It's like, you say you're bound to her, but you're technically not bound to her. So it's like, what is the point? Like, you are you, is he trying to keep her close? It's, it's almost like, She's gonna start doubting him now. Be like, and just say, "Well, if we're not bound, why am I here?" It's like you say you love me, but you haven't consummated this. He's well, like, he's like that. having his cake and eating it too. I won't Literally. say that because then that gives that that gives way to the to the mindset that 
sex equals love. And I don't believe that. I mean, I understand I understand that, but if he really said, I mean, he's the one that said that they were bound by touching hands and holding hands. He said, if I do this, then we're bound. And it's like he made a big deal out of that. Mm-hmm. He made a really big deal out of that. Yep. That said to her in the first season. He made a really mm-hmm. big deal out of saying, like, if I do this, then we're bound. And apparently that's not the case because they're not really bound until he consummates. So he's been, I mean, what is the point? That is such such an old-fashioned way of framing things that that they have to have intercourse. See, that's in order for because I don't want say, so sex does not equal passion. Like they were having, he was having oral sex with her, but there was no passion. And I, 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 I don't. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I'm, I'm not saying sex equals love. I know sex doesn't equal love, but in this case, for this story, sex equals bonding. That's what. I don't think so. I, I mean, we're I, venturing I into like Bill Clinton territory. Like, what is sex? Because oral <laughs> sex is, is sex. Well, it really is. They both have physical contact related to an orgasm, and not individual physical contact. They did it with each other. And yeah. I, I, I'm finding it very hard to distinguish between, you know, the, the actual active intercourse and oral sex. Like, so, so we, we're just to, we're just going to go with the idea that there are two different things. Like, so we then I can say, someone, oh, we can have oral sex, but man. We didn't do anything. Right. But she's right there running around, even Isabel saying that they're married, that this is his life. She's running around, Mrs. Royd and this and Mrs. Royd and that. And I'm like, and I agree with Hanukkah, but I'm like, okay, um, if you're claiming her as your whole wife and your whole husband, then shouldn't something happen? I mean, there, there are marriages for you know convenience or financial reasons or whatever, but everything that I've seen has been based on emotion. So I'm like, I am confused. I don't get it. Nah, I, I will admit I'm confused, but I, you know, I, I don't want to go to the point where I say, okay, the the fact that he hasn't slept with her, that they haven't consummated, means that he's any less devoted to her or any less bound to her you know that it's it it just seems so weird because the way that they have presented themselves like you said Lori, throughout this whole time you would think that that was just i mean and not that that's like been on the forefront of anybody's mind but you just kind of think because that's kind of how it's been presented out there even in the the few scenes where we have seen them intimate that this is what the deal is but you know now i'm sitting here wondering okay so philippe knew right off hand that they had it because as he said they have two very distinctive scents and we all know when it comes to sex when it comes to lust when it comes to emotions when it comes to love pheromones come into play and people some people can sense that i'm very sure vampire can sense that so my question is if Philippe was able to tell that they were not quote unquote truly bound in that way, maybe Kit has been able to tell that too. And that's why mm. he's been so, you know, nah, why he's Kit, been so. Kit, Kit would have said it. 
Kate would have said it. He would have said it. Why you even mess with her? You haven't even had sex with her. I don't like, know if Kate, Kate would have said, said it. I don't think they were paying it. I don't think people have been paying attention. I think Philippe it's is powerful enough to, to I think it has to do with Philippe's age because Philippe was created in ancient Greece. So therefore, he is the oldest vampire that any of them know. And Kit, I'm assuming, is a lot younger than him. Uh, maybe because of the age, Philippe is able to um, detect uh, that. I mean, even Isabel. Isabel isn't as old as Philippe. So you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think that between a werewolf, I'm sorry, not a werewolf, between a demon between uh age old vampire uh certain witches you would think that somebody would notice something or pick up something i just i i i i'm really confused because i have i know this is going to play a major part in what's going to happen somehow some way but somebody needs to do some explaining to me i just think philippe just he, he, like you said, Lori, he's old and very powerful. And he's been around yeah. for a while. So no one else is really paying attention. Like they're not mm -hmm. sniffing to see if they're made it. They just assume they are. Just like we assume they were. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason to sit there and try to sniff it out. But of course, mm -hmm. Philippe being who he is, is going to check everything. Yeah. To, you know, yeah, to, especially to see what what Matthew's commitment to her is. Right. Yeah, it's not about that nonsense. You can see why him and Isabeau are are together because right. they they both don't aren't about no non aren't about yeah. they, they don't have time for anything. <laughs> they got time for none of that. I mean, he was like he literally. I mean, he he almost looked like he was getting bored with. It. He was just like, yeah, I'm gonna slept with her. Why is she here? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, <sighs> really, why? <is> she... <laughs> I mean, he was—he just like had he was really deadpan, and I can appreciate because I love James <clears throat> Boy, and this is different than most, pretty much anything, one most things that I've seen him in, and his his performance. I really did dug his performance in this, but yeah, he's he. I mean, Philippe is not about the it's not about the bullshit. It's like, look, you are y'all going you gonna do it or not? Because I need to know. So since we're talking about Philippe, his, you know, we've we've talked about him and we've speculated him over, you know, the since we started this show. And I have to say, upon meeting him, I'm still confused about what I I don't know what to think of him, you know, because because it's very obvious that Matthew has a bit of a love-hate relationship, or I won't even say hate. He respects Philippe, and it's obvious that he loves him, but at the same time, you can see that there's some conflict within him when it comes to dealing with Philippe. And then Philippe himself, it's kind of like you see that he cares for Matthew. And then at the same time, he's keeping Matthew on his toes. Mm -hmm. And in the one breath, he's kind of sort of insulting Diana. And then the next morning, he seems to be like extending an olive branch to her. And I don't know if that's just because, you know, maybe when Diana came in and he was the way he was, maybe he expected her to be scared. Maybe he expected her to kind of be meek or you know just 
I don't think Diana was what he expected. Like Diana stood up to him and she she did it in a, a, a respectful way and she did it in a careful way. But I think maybe he kind of respected that even if he doesn't like the fact that she is with his son. I think he respects that. But at the same time, then you come in and you let this, this new witch that comes in saying that, you know, Diane, he was drawn to Diana. And he wanted to, I don't know, take her memories for what purpose? I don't know yet. I haven't had a chance to like really think about that. But you just let him, you know, you let him attack a guest in your house, pretty much. The, the, okay, the observations I have, I, I, heard, I heard everything you said. I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. But the observations I had about Philippe is he's he's been around long enough to know, like, you know that his priority is protecting his family. Right. So making sure France stays stable has a lot to do with making sure he everyone is protected. Like, he can't have, you know, France fall into chaos because then it might be open season on vampires. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that's number one. Number two, with with Dana, it's almost as if he's he's trying to keep her off balance to see how she reacts. Like, it's not necessarily he wanted the guy to do harm to her. He wanted to see what she would do. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that, and I think that was part of it. Like, is she going to fight? Is she going to defend herself, or is she going to be weak? Because what we know about how the Claremonts are, especially Isabel, you know, the Claremont women are not weak. Mm-hmm. So that's a Philippe thing. He's going to be like, okay, let's see what this woman is made of. Like, if she is as powerful as she claims to be, then this shouldn't be a problem for her. So he's just going to sit back and watch and see what happens. He probably wouldn't let it go that far because he may respect. Well. Now, let me, I, I'm going to stop myself there and talk about Philippe and Matthew. To me, it seemed as if everyone was worried about Matthew being back around Philippe, especially Matthew. And I think it's because Matthew is afraid of what's going to happen, how, what Philippe is going to have him do. Like, it's almost as if he has honed Matthew to be a weapon. And... Matthew is like, I, I, I've fought against this for the better part of however, what, six, 700 years since he's last, you know, been around that time. The Matthew of that time mm-hmm. was a spy, was a weapon, everything. Matthew hasn't been that for a while. And this man probably honed him to be a weapon. And, and like Kit said before, you might be afraid of what he would become if he gets around Philip or if he becomes the old Michael. I mean, Matthew, I did it. <laughs> Four episodes. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, it, it's, it's like that, that, that old, that samurai coming back to his Lord and his Lord mm-hmm. is going to ask him to do some things that he hadn't, you know, remind him of what he used to be and bring him back to the way he was. This just brutal, heartless, cold-blooded, do anything Philippe asked him to do. Yeah, because Diana got two more warnings to uh in just in this episode alone. Just in this episode. And I think that's what her again. And then Pierre warned her. And and I think that is the thing that Matthew is afraid of. He's afraid of becoming that weapon again. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. 
something. And and you can see it in how he carries himself and how even Philippe said, when was the last time you hunted? You know, why don't you go hunt this in, in the morning? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, and, that and sounds you can... like his grandmother's like, did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that my first reaction was he, he is a weapon. That that's what he is, and, and it all indications like how people are afraid of him, and how how dangerous he is, how fast he is, how vicious and and cruel he could be. I mean, all those things, and and he's really just trying to be a protector. He doesn't want to be a weapon mm-hmm. right now. That makes a lot of sense. And looking at how Philippe is, Philippe likes apparently. I think Philippe likes to test people and sit back and watch what happens. He's more, I think this is where Matthew gets his his taste for experimentation because I think it seems like Philippe likes to experiment with people. Like he, especially the fact where he let he let that other witch go on as long as as long as he did. And if I mean really if Matthew hadn't come in, then we, I'm, I mean there's no telling if he would have just let him go on or not. Because he did, he was, you could see in his eyes, he was fascinated with what the witch was digging up from Diana. He was really, he was just kind of looking like, huh. He was letting, letting him go on and go on in this, in this like blatant invasion of, of Diana. Like, it, this is, this was like really close to, I mean, he was, he was forcing his powers onto her and this almost like rape basically and he just stood by and watched and it's like he, he just stood there like just looking and observing and i think that's that's kind of that and for for me it seems like that's kind of a, one of his things yeah it was it was also i think also he was trying to use that witch to kind of he's you know he said he doesn't deal in witch business <laughs> but it seems like he was using that witch to try to, I guess, maybe see what Diana was really about, you know, because he gave him the impression that um, I, my mind just went blank. You got distracted by the cat too. I did. She <laughs> just happened. Literally, my cat is sitting here. I have, uh, I have the episode playing on my laptop next to me. She is literally sitting in front of my laptop watching the show. And she does this when we're watching the show. Like, she will literally jump on the TV stand in front of the TV and just sit there and watch the show. So your, whole, your whole household is a fandom. That's awesome. Yeah, she, she is. But I, I think... Um, Philippe was using the witch to kind of ascertain what Diana's true motives were. You know, okay, does she really love my son? Why is she really here? Is she really here to get training or does she have an ulterior motive? And I think that witch just happened to be right place, right time for him to get that information because, you know, he told the witch, oh yeah, you know, my, my son came across this witch and she doesn't have any recollection of her past. That's a great way for him to find out some information about her, you know, just, oh, you got to, you have another witch here who's powerful and who can probably get answers. Yeah, let me use him right quick. And it was interesting how he manipulated the guy because he was like, oh, yeah, she has no memory of her past. She just showed up here 
and and poor girl, we're just trying to help her out. See if you can help her out. Right. Like really, dude, he's setting you up to see what she's all about. And and I think even if Matthew hadn't come through the door and she snatched the dagger, she probably would have done something else. Because one thing we know about her is when her back is against the wall and, and her instincts kick in, magic comes up, comes magic up. comes out and it comes out big. Mm-hmm. That dude was in trouble. I mean, he ended up being in big trouble anyway, but I'm just saying it, it wasn't going to go on as long. And, and I'm like, Hanako, he was going to see how far, how long she was going to let that go on before she just decided to, to do something. But you know, this is the thing. I've said it before. I will say it again. Folks going to stop fucking with Diana. <laughs> Y'all going to learn. They're going to learn today. They're going to learn today. And then that witch, he learned real quick. Yeah, yeah, he got the point all right. <laughs> You're right. He sure did. <laughs> but I also found it interesting that that Philippe, you know, tried to in, engender himself to to her by offering her the keys, being the highest ranking woman in the house. Right. Which is an acknowledgement of her station. Which is yeah. very important because he is about formality. Yeah. Anyone who puts coins inside of wax and expects those coins to be returned is all about formality. Mm-hmm. And you and you can tell by the way the handmaiden just stood there and was like, you know, well, you're the lady of the house and we need you up and we need you about and handling your business. So I'm going to stay here until you get up so I can help you get up and get about your business. Right. That's clear how clearly yeah, that's how he runs his household. Right. Yeah, that's how Isabel runs the household. Yeah. So I understand that, yes, sign of respect, but I was kind of like I was I was with Diane on that one. She was like, I'm not gonna be here long enough to run your domestic duties. <laughs> I was like, okay, Diana. But I, I think for a second she kind of forgot where she was, like mm. the time period, you know. But that that's not a bad thing, you know. What what he was offering her. You know, today we may smirk at like really rented the, but actually that was a pretty big deal mm-hmm. for right. that for that time to to be the queen of the castle. The the queen or the maid, the lady of the house ran things, ran everything. The dude was out doing you know fight battles, tending to the farmers or whatever, collecting taxes. You know, but no, she was making everything run. Yeah, so it was a but I think. Deal. I, I kind of feel Diana on that, but because she's like, you're going to insult me and then respect me in the same breath. Well, that's that's a different that's a different conversation. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I don't even know if he actually ins- when did he insult her, though? Um, you know, I mean, he made the little comments about, you know, um, when when she said the bed was very adequate. If not lonely, you know, just the little side oh. comments. That <laughs> That's not really an insult. That's just like, yes, snarky. I know about you and I know about your business and I know way more about your sex life than you probably would like me to. And I'm going to throw it in your face. That's just being snarky. That's not insult. That's disrespectful. Okay. I give you that. That's disrespectful. This is house. Yeah, it is house stuff. Disrespectful. And they have been consummated. So. He expected them to not be in the bed because they weren't together. If they were, if they had been doing what they should have been doing, he wouldn't have had no problem with it. But as far as he's concerned, just like 
you know, my parents wouldn't let me sleep with my girlfriend in the same house. That wasn't going to happen. Shoot, I was staying with my dad so, once, and I, and I had one of my girl, one of my girlfriends, like come over just to visit, and he was like, "What y'all doing?" He's like, "Hey, <laughs> you know, door open." Like, okay, jeez. But yeah, and, and like, when I did sleep in the same room, I slept on the floor, <laughs> and it was like, I, I, every every hour on the hour, the door was cracking open to see if I was still on the floor. So of course, he's very old fashioned. No, he can't. Matthew can't sleep with her because they haven't done anything. She didn't want him with her that night anyway. <laughs> she threw his ass out that room. This is a very... He literally threw his ass. <laughs> like, this is a, a very interesting discussion. It is. Notice she didn't have any problems with her magic then. And no problems no at all. No problems at None. all. <laughs> But again, her magic is tied to her emotions and her right. magic is tied to Matthew. And at that moment, she was pissed at him. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And, and, I, and I think that part of the thing is with her is that Matthew needs to understand that she is, not only is she not of that time, but she is a very modern woman who it wasn't going to take any crap anyway from anybody. So when you get somebody like that, uh, you just can't, you know, like there's, there's a thing in the books that just drives me nuts. It's that every time there's a situation, he tells her the same thing. You must do exactly what I say. You have to do what I tell you to do. If I tell you to sit, sit. And she basically told Isabel, uh, not going to do it. And Isabel says, why? She says, I do it. He's the head of the house. And that just pissed me off to no end. But you know, Isabel's nine, ten, eleven hundred years old, whatever, you know, but the fact that someone that old and powerful is saying, Well, he's the head of the house. If he says sit, sit. Sorry. It's not nineteen fifty. I know. That's that's one of the things that I have to like when I'm watching period pieces and stuff like that happens, I really have to like reel my mind in like, okay, this is how they did things back then. And these are the attitudes they have. And I mean, it's it's similar with like our parents today. There are some things that my mother and my mother-in-law will say or do. And my kids look and they're like, oh my God, like what kind of ancient thinking is this? (laughs) And it's just, you know, some people change with the times and the attitudes change with the times. And But when it comes to certain, when it comes to certain generations and certain levels of respect, you know, they still follow old ways that we look at as antiquated and outdated and just, you know, we don't do those things anymore. I'm, you know... I'm the head of the household in my house. You know, it's me and my daughter. This is my household. Nobody is, even if I get married again, which probably ain't happening, but even if I get married again, it's not going to be that whole, oh, I'm the, I'm the head of the household thing. No, it's just, you I know, mean, there, partnership. There, there, partnership. Are certain, there, are certain things, there are certain things that carry over. Like, I mean, chivalry should always be, like, you know, you should always be reasonably courteous and chivalrous to women. And there are certain things that should be carried over. But, like, subservience is an entirely different matter. Like, you know, no one should really be subservient to anybody, especially 
during these days. It's different if the woman, if the woman's not working, and if like back, if something, okay, so I'm gonna get myself in trouble, so I'm gonna kind of curtail this conversation. Because <laughs> you know, when you said that, I was like, oh, let me and stop where I stop where I, where, I, where I was thinking about stopping anyway. So yeah, I mean, there's certain things that um that should be serviced and certain things that shouldn't. So yeah. I'm good. Nice save. <laughs> but um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, there really wasn't too much else that really happened in the episode because, you know, this was one of those journey episodes where people, you know, they took a long time going on this journey. And I sat watching this episode like, oh, I could just see Anthony's face now. Like, like the look on your face right now. <laughs> that was a long ass <laughs> Damn. But I, okay, I, I, for, for, I first, say. hold on. Hold on. They said, <laughs> he said, oh, it's going to take us a long time to get to, you know, France, like what months. He, he, he did. He said that a while ago. And it's like, but y'all don't have, you've told us how long. See, this is, you know, this is always my problem. You tell us how long it's going to be. You don't have to give us a montage of the whole trip. Well, like, they had to show how hard the trip was on her. Because here's the Not thing. Really. He Not really. really. He, told her, he told her that the trip was long because <laughs> at the time he was planning to go to Bohemia and he was not going to take her. And he told her that trip, you know, I'll be gone for months and that trip is a hard trip. That was the reason why he was planning to leave her behind. So now the fact that they've had, he's literally had to take her on a similar trip. So we need to see, okay, you know what? Yeah, Diana may be tough. She may be strong, but there are some realities to this time. And one of the realities is you can't handle this trip as well as you yeah, think. You, you well, but, but they gave the us they reason. gave us dialogue. They gave us dialogue yeah. already. They didn't have to give us. I'm not saying don't show us any of the trip. I, I'm pretty sure it's like six or seven minutes of showtime yeah. that was just them on horses. And you gave them dialogue like, oh, we know it's hard on you because, you know, you're having to ride side saddle. I got that. (laughs) Well, you saw what she did at the end, though. She's like, screw that. I mean, look, as long as... But going over the ridge, going over the ridge, looking at the trees and swing on the mm, horse. I know. Pat falling off the horse. Yes, You gave me one action sequence. Her throwing Matthew out of the room. And and some gunshots. (laughs) You got some gunshots. You know, but I'm gonna need a little bit more. They 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 gonna have to pick it up. I'm happy. I'm happy. Have to pick it up. I'm, I'm, I was gonna say I have expected them to drop a ring in the mortar when they got to set tour. I was like, I think going to get there. Like, damn. They finally made it. Over ring racer showing up. Uh, no. The the only thing that really got me, and she finally did it, is that okay? It's a long journey. Fine. It didn't look like they had too too many people with them traveling. Uh, you could have rode regular and then you know when you saw someone coming you could have you know switched and you know i i don't how to call i don't know if you've ever ridden a horse side saddle or tried but that is not easy okay it's stupid i am a modern woman i've never ridden side saddle in my life i i i straddle no i mm -mm. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. We had to. 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 We
Like this, this where, is, where when I where I come I'm from in Springfield, Illinois, it. they have a, a a working historical uh, village. It's called uh, Salem, and basically, if you walk into the little village area, everyone is in historical costume and they're acting and stuff. Part of our class was that we had to participate and volunteer there, and they made us ride side saddle. It was not fun. I hated that semester. But the thing is, is that, you know, I agree. They didn't need to go on and on and on. But at the same time, we got to see Crazy 2.0. And that was Louisa. Okay. Louisa looked like she just came from Louis and, and Lestat and was like, hi, right. I'm from New Orleans. I want to kill somebody. She looked like a vampire. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that was like, she was like an OG uh, uh Valid, Dracula, Dracul, Lestat, Amemnoch, whole vampire thing. Louisa is drinking blood in the streets and not going to fuck who said it. Oh, no. And, and I saw her and I was like, oh. And she just dropped the body. I mean, oh, she yeah. Dropped the body. She, she old G vampire. Just like dropping her food all over the place. I'm like, damn, just pick up after yourself. Like, do something with that. Like, geez. But it's so funny because, Lori, when you've talked to us about Louisa, you said that one of the things about her was that she was not discreet. Like, she made no secret of the fact that right. she was a vampire. And I was like, oh, she was not kidding. Like, she, just dropped them in the street and just kind of left them there. But, you know, let's, let's talk about Matthew's sister. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase it. Crazy Town 2.0, not Crazy Pants. Crazy Town 2.0. She's gonna be some problems. <laughs> she gonna get herself killed. Not she's gonna be a problem. She's gonna be some problems. Yeah. Problem. Yeah. And she is recruiting Kit mm. on her little pursuits. Which okay, so. Again, her conversation with Kit also brought up other questions because once she realizes that Matthew is, you know, with the witch and Kit very plainly says he's, he's bewitched, but it's because he's in love. It's not by sorcery. She makes a comment. She was like, oh, your heart is broken, but it still beats for him. And she was like, does he know? And Kit looks at her like, for real? And I was like, okay. And my, my daughter was like, how could Matthew not know? And I'm like, you know, some people are really oblivious when it comes to that. But again, this goes back to the to the thing I said when we first covered this season. I don't think he and Matthew did have a thing together. I think he is in love with Matthew and Matthew just either knows and has not said anything out of respect because he doesn't feel the same way or Matthew is just oblivious. But there's nothing about Matthew's, Matthew's personality that would make me believe that he has that he does not know this. I think he's oblivious myself. Yeah, I, do I too. think, I think yeah. that Matthew of that time is completely <laughs> into himself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you you're right because you know what I'm I'm thinking about the Matthew that I I know. I don't know what Matthew what the actual Matthew Royden of 1590 is like. So you're right. You're right because the the Matthew that we know. Of course, now he would have had some more world experience. He would have had probably more experience or seen more, even if he hasn't done more. He probably knows and would recognize the signs now and stuff like that. So, but yeah, broken heart and a 
um, indiscreet vampire, those are that's not a good combination. There's gonna be some trouble there. I can't wait wait for the awkward make. I mean, now I had kind of like awkward making out that she's gonna try to force upon him, and it's just gonna be. Well, she's already she already tried like twice. That's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just like awkward. He's just like, meh, 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 like moving his lips to the side, and I'm like, bruh, this is just weird. Like, and I know she's she's gonna be she's gonna be too, be a whole problem and a half. Like when Matt, I just want to see when Matthew if she's gonna still be there when Matthew gets back. Or oh my I god, I don't think they're coming back. Wait, 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 to London. Maybe she's the one that changed that that does Jack. Okay, so you remember that theory I said I had? Ah, that was that was the theory that I had because I knew she was coming up in in the episode, and my thought was because I don't think that Matthew, like I said, I don't think that Matthew would change Jack, but right, his sister probably would. Yeah, that's probably that could be who he left, who he left Jack with. I, I don't think he's. That I don't think he would leave Jack with that sister. <laughs> that or, or I have another theory that maybe again because of Matthew and Diana coming back to the past, and obviously they some things probably have you know have changed since they've come back. I'm thinking maybe the killer in the future could be Kit. Hmm. Hmm. Because the thing is, from what I understand, I think Louisa is. Hey, Lori, is Louisa also infected with the uh, blood rage? Yes. Okay. So, uh, is she infected or a carrier? Uh, no. Uh, let me see if I let me see if I remember. Uh, Isabel has only three children. She has Matthew. She has uh, Louisa, and she has Louisa's twin brother. Lewis, who is dead, and all three of them are have blood rage. They're not carriers. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, I think it's it's quite possible. You know, going back to that theory that either she's the one that change that turns Jack, and it may not even be that she turns Jack as a child. Maybe years later on, she turn she turns him, and that's how, you know, if our theory is correct. That's how he gets to the future. That's where the blood rage thing starts again. Or it's Kit or she somehow survives longer than she's supposed to and whatever it is that she does, whether it's for for revenge against Matthew or just being out of control, I I don't know. I I think... So you're saying that Louisa may have turned Kit? I mean, I... I thought Kit was already a vampire. Kiss a demon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is a demon, isn't he? Okay. So, but do we know that you can turn a demon into a vampire? We don't. it, it, It could be as possible as a demon giving birth to a witch. Which we might get. Yeah, so, I mean, we don't know. It's just her introduction into the story just kind of I think it opens up some new possibilities as far as what could be going on because again like I said Matthew and Diana's entry into 1590 has changed some things because one 
Matthew never expected them to be where they are. He wanted them to land in the country so that they can do what they needed to do, get the book and be done. You know, I think his whole intent was to maybe try to get out of there as unnoticed as possible. We know that that has not happened. And because of that, there may be some repercussions. And whatever those repercussions are could have to do with what's going on in the 21st century with the blood rage. But I, I mean, I don't know, because even, even with me thinking that, my question is, okay, so how did, if Philip supposedly got rid of blood rage, eliminated it, why would it be back all of a sudden? Does that have something to do with the fact that something something changed when Diana Matthew went back? So, something did change. They went back and got Jack. They brought Jack. They so she picked still up Jack. This, okay. Because they the things that changed, Jack Jack appears at in the same episode. The blood rage person appears the same episode. Jack appears. The portraits are stolen only because the portraits were made and they were given to Jack. Those portraits didn't exist before they had Jack. So it, this is one of those things that why I hate time travel is the, the, way, they, the way they have written in the show, it, it sort of, it doesn't have clearly defined rules. Mm, right. And, and whenever you have time travel, you, you have to have clear defined rules because then it opens up to too many possibilities. Right. And and that's one of the issues I'm having is is like the fact that they went back and the Matthew that's there is displaced. And this Matthew doesn't have memories of where he was, what he was doing at the time, is indicative of him not remembering. Like he was not there, so he wouldn't remember. But the other problem is when they leave and the other Matthew comes back. So are we to are we to believe that everyone's memory sort of goes back to the way it was? Because like you said in the previous episode, is everyone going to be like, where's that witch you were with? He was like, that's nonsense. I would never be with the witch. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, well, yeah. You, you just look at everyone crazy. And then Jack would be like, you don't know me anymore? And where, where is the witch? You know, where is, uh, what's her name? Diana. Diana, where's she at? And then he's gonna look at those portraits like I don't know what this is, I don't know who this is. And then Philippe is gonna, you know, Philippe is gonna of course be like, I don't know what you're talking about, because he knows that the Matthew from the future was there, but he's not gonna tell Matthew. Yeah. It's it's just, because Matthew would remember his dad telling him. So right. all all of this to say is the, the the rules in this time travel that they're doing. It's got a lot of holes in it, and we just have to kind of ignore it and hope that it explains itself away. Yeah, but I, but I, it, but I, all of this, all of all of this means that them going back obviously changed some things, you know, because Blood Rage was gone. I think Jack had he been around when when it was being cleared up, it would have gone away. But then his his mere existence in the future would also disprove that. It's, there's just a lot of things that's just weird about what's what's going on because of the time travel. But we just you know I'm just gonna go with it and be like okay well we'll see how this goes. Yeah, because yeah. the portraits didn't just come out of uh, the portraits and Jack seen or 
the person with the blood rage, seem to appear out of nowhere. And they're both related. Yeah. So it would it would seem to be that mm-hmm. that is the purpose of writing that into the story. Yeah. And there be there better be a payoff because this is it, it creates so many issues just to have that in the story. Yeah. But I I think I, I really do think Louisa has something to do with that though. Because again, this I mean, she she's now all of a sudden just appeared. You know, we don't know. We've only heard her mentioned what once or twice in the last couple of seasons or in the last season or so. Um, we don't really know much about her character. And it's just like now all of a sudden she's here and I feel like all of these pieces are about to start tying together. You know, everything that's happening in 1590 and then going back to what's happening in the 21st century, I have a feeling all of that's going to tie together. You know? Yeah, because she, she uh, like, it's like we said, you know, she goes to Jamaica and she dies fairly early. I think she dies like the 1720s or something like that. So, you know, that's not too far from, you know, 1590. So she's only around for like, say, another 100, 120 years at best, you mm. know? I mean, so to have her, because the impression that I got is that she's the one sibling that they always encourage to travel so they're never home. And they do that not so much that they're afraid of them, but it's better that she's someone else's problem. That's what I get. You can clearly <laughs> see. Yeah, she's a problem, all right. Yeah, she like they're like, you know what? You know, Aunt Aunt May needs to have you come visit her. Why don't you go visit her for six months? You know. Yeah, but uh yeah, I, I, I uh, huh? Yeah, she loves you. Why don't you go stay with her? Because she loves having you around. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I, but I also think that one of the things that they, that problems that they have, which they skirted neatly, was where was uh, uh, Isabel? You know, he's like, well, she this time, this time of year, she was visiting here. That's a very convenient way of not having the actress show up or using a different actress. Because my other question that I had in the back of my mind is that when we meet uh, Matthew's mother, she's clearly uh, in her uh, late sixties, early seventies. And we see uh, Philippe, Philippe's middle-aged, so I'm wondering, uh, as the vampires get older, do they maybe perhaps age, or has she always been the age that she is now? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. The question is, do vampires age? Yeah, pretty much. We just don't know enough about the, this, this universe to be able to answer that question. Yeah, because having her look as she does in modern day with him you could clearly see a 20 maybe a 30 year age difference and that would erase it seems like he he and matthew are almost the same age yeah yeah and that would erase a lot of flags because back then even though you had people who took over estates married the the widow you didn't have to marry anyone that uh uh mature uh, it would usually have been a daughter or a daughter-in-law who would have been left, but not her. So that was that was just something that was in my head. I, um, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting for Philippe, or I, I would say I, I'm rather interested to see 
what his reaction is going to be when he realizes that Diane and Isabeau actually kind of sort of get along. <laughs> like Isabeau gave Diana her ring to, to take with her when she traveled back. Now, I wonder if she did that for a specific reason, you know, like her having that ring is supposed to maybe signify to Philippe that, okay, I know about her. I'm okay with her. Like, is that supposed to let Philippe know that there's a level of acceptance? Because if you listen to the way she's talked about in this episode, I mean, she's not even at Setor because she's away at the, at the witch trials, you know? And again, Philippe, when the witch comes to the house, he says, you're very lucky that my wife is not here. You would have gotten a totally different reception. That could be why she gave her the ring. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, yeah. I wonder if that's the reason why. I think that's probably why. Gave her the ring so that that would kind of signify to Philippe that this is who, well, as far as Isabel goes. Or, or to Isabel. Huh? If she ran into Isabel, it would let Isabel know that she knows her. If she says she's from the future. Yeah, that's true. So Isabel would not him. kill her on sight. Yeah, because they because other than that, nobody else knew what time they were traveling back to. Right. So it is that is possible. I mean, it could go it could go the entire other way if she shows Philippe the ring and he's like, "How why, how do you have this?" And she's like, "She gave it to me." She's like, "She would never." And then you know, hilarity and mayhem ensue with him trying to kill her. Maybe not because I would think that. If I think that if Diana would have gotten that ring from means that were not on the up and up, I think Philippe would know enough to know that Matthew would not be with Diana. Like if, if Diana did something to Isabeau or if she hurt Isabeau or whatever the case may be, I, I think that would be obvious to him. Um, or I I don't know, maybe maybe if he sees the ring on Diana's ham, he might he might assume that Isabel in the future is dead because he doesn't he doesn't realize that he is. He he knows that there's some discomfort when Matthew sees him and he thinks that it's just, you know, that they're having some kind of rift, like there's some kind of discomfort between him and Matthew. They've had a fight. They're not speaking to each other or something like that. That's what he assumes. He doesn't assume that, oh, I'm dead. I'm not around in your time. He never makes that assumption. So maybe if he sees the ring with Diana, that's the assumption he'll make about Isabeau. I, I don't know. But I, I think I think for the most part, I think she probably gave it to Diana for protection. And then to also be like, okay, hey, she is part of the family. She has my ring. Mm. That's a pretty huge thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. I just hope, I mean, that he doesn't. Does he? Philippe knows that this is the Matthew from the future, right? Yes. Or does he? Okay. Yes. Okay, because I, I, I was kind of, for some reason, I was kind of fuzzy on that. I was like, no, he knows. Because if, if she's from the future, then he knows that he has to be from the future. I'm sure there's some. Yeah, connection. he made a Yeah, because he said, you, there, must, there must be a rift between us in the future. Yeah, from right. in your time. And then your time. Uh, also, he says, he says, you look a little out of time or out of place. That's what he says. You look a little out of place. 
You know, and I, I speculated this a couple of episodes ago. I said, Philippe knows Matthew backwards and forwards. I mean, we, we get that even not having met Philippe before this time. So I had a feeling that once Matthew walked in there, he was going to be able to tell that this is a different Matthew. This mm-hmm. is not the Matthew that he knows. You know, he looks a little different. He carries himself a little different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And compound that with the fact that Philippe is probably extremely powerful and very observant. Yeah, and uh, yes. You, you, you compound those two things. Because even listening to Dana talk, listening to Matthew talk, yeah. their, their dialect would have shifted a little bit. It wouldn't even be the same. Mm-hmm. So if he can smell them, their distinct sense and though they haven't made it he obviously can hear a difference in in how they're speaking Mm -hmm. even the way the words they're using you know right especially since no one can play Stan's accent yeah Mm -hmm. oh this was a this was an interesting episode i i was not disappointed by the introduction of philippe um at all not disappointed uh i knew james purifor was going to be great and we only got a little taste of him so i'm really really excited to see what else we're going to see about philippe and i i I just need to be able to make make up my mind on what i think about him and right now i'm still kind of like "Mm, i don't know i'm kind of on the fence i don't know whether or not i'm supposed to like his character or whether i'm supposed to hate his character it'll be interesting to see how because Diane finds Diana finds out about, but really finds out more in depth about Isabeau's Isabeau's trail of blood through um through through the witch hunt through the witch hunt that she's going on to, and so it'll be interesting to see how she reacts to that, and of course and and Matthew and Philippe get into a sword fight, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes too. Yeah, the pre- yeah Anthony, you're gonna get your. It looks like you're gonna get some action in the next episode. You're gonna get a sword fight. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting my hopes up. That sword fight is gonna last about five seconds. <laughs> Philippe is gonna toy with Matthew just long enough to piss him off, and then he'll end it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, other than the bombshell that we got, I really wasn't moved by this episode. I mean, I was more excited watching the trailer for next week because I was like, "Ooh, this will be good." You know, it was one of those episodes where it's like. It's not that I slept through it, but it was like, yeah, okay. I have to admit, I did. I did kind of fall asleep, almost fall asleep on this episode. Yeah. What is James Because I'm gonna ask. Because it was like Lord of the Rings, walk, 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 talk a little bit, walk, walk, walk. Fall off the horse. Fall off the horse. Get on the horse. Walk. Almost have sex. Don't have sex. Walk, walk. Get to the castle. Get insulted. Storm to your room. And, uh, it was basically another info dump episode. That yeah. every episode has been exposition with mm-hmm. like not even bursts of, of of magic and action, just these little tiny specks of stuff. And it's almost as if I hate to say it, it's like turning into a CW show that that I used to watch. It is. I stopped watching. Well. We got doppelgangers, we got vampires, we got witches, we got it all. And and these sad, sappy love stories that span the centuries. Not quite that bad. I'm going to ask a really dumb question and don't shoot the questioner. 
who, what is James uh, Purfoy been in? I don't recognize him. Okay. Rome. The following. That Rome. The following, yeah. A Knight's Tale. He was King Richard in A Knight's Tale. He was in Rome? Yes. What character was, did he play? He was Mark, Mark Anthony, I think. That's I him? Oh, I have, I, have, I have the DVDs. I love Rome. Didn't even recognize him. Okay. <laughs> I remember he was Marcus, Marcus Antonius. And I'm like, if I and I'm like why Antonius. is she so excited? I'm like, oh. He wears the same Caesar haircut and everything. You do not recognize him. He's literally, he literally wears that same haircut in each each role that he has. And if you haven't I, seen the following season one, you should. I have the entire uh, DVD collection. I have it. I, I want. Last time I watched it was, I think, about maybe two and a half years ago. I actually have it, but so I you did watch not. The following, and you still didn't recognize him. Mm-mm. No. Because I was so upset about the girl that played Cleopatra that I was disgusted that entire second season. Oh, you're talking about Rome. You're talking about Rome. We're talking about the following. I was going to say, if you watched the following and didn't recognize him, I'm not... I didn't watch the following. He was also in uh, Camelot. The, I have to go back. The, mm-hmm. the King Arthur show that I like. He was King Lot. Oh, okay. All right. I'll go back and check it out. Yes, you should. It, yeah, pure, pure yeah. voice that dude. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, did you notice that last season she did a lot of blues? This season she's doing a lot of reds and a lot, a lot of blacks on this first of colors. Yes, you I noticed that? that. Yeah, I so. That. And her yeah, hair is darker too. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what that symbolizes, but well, <laughs> look, the red might symbolize some blood. <laughs> mm. You right. know, but. Um, yeah, I, I need folks to just I need people to leave Diana alone because uh-huh. she's, already- she, she's not going to do what you ask her to do. You can't tell her to do something. She's And just- you definitely can't. Look, she's already been through that um that magical invasion once with Satu and it almost killed her. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh no. I said no. And you know, I, I guess he'll learn, but I just need, they need to leave my girl alone. Yeah. Or it's yeah. going to be a lot of blood in that castle and it's not going to be from the vampires. Well, it's not going to be this season. Because <laughs> they're just, it's all exposition so far. We're halfway through. How many episodes is it? Is it 10? 10? 8. Is it 8? eight? Oh my eight. God. We're, and over <laughs> we're over halfway through and we got nothing. We got a dead guy trying to enforce curfew with <laughs> Louisa <laughs> and Kit. Like, dude, don't you see they're busy? And like, first of all, I know this is off the subject, but <laughs> why is he calling her a whore? You can look at her and obviously tell that she's dressed more like a lady than a whore. I'm well, just he, saying. He, he had just woken up from it and he was like still pretty drunk. So, I mean, he was probably just like... Uh, he already was like, I hate mornings. Okay, because Kit was drunk too when he made that mistake. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You're right. You're there right. are 10 episodes this season. Oh, oh okay. Exactly. Well, still, we're still... more than halfway through. And, yeah. And we got nothing. Or we have, yeah. But... Got nothing. But, a, well, it, it, could simply be, it could simply be the fact that she was a woman who was very well dressed out on the street after dark because. 
you know, they did have certain houses back then. Maybe they thought she was traveling to one of them or leaving one of them. I mean, you know, I, I can't, I mean, I, I can't think of any reason why he would directly call her that other than the fact that she was out after dark. And a woman. And yes. a woman. Yeah. In, in the 1500s. Yeah. You know. Lord. Mm. Um, did we cover everything? I think we covered everything. Any final thoughts? Oh no. I'm just I'm kind of with Anthony. It's just this this was kind of, this was kind of a break episode where you just kind of you just kind of relaxed until the next one kind of picks up. It's kind of it's kind of like a it's like a rest. Like, you know, you just kind of it's like a rest in music where you go beat 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 rest. So it's like you now you're getting ready to get back into it. So just looking forward to that. It wasn't bad. It was just it just I don't know. It wasn't as exciting and it didn't have as much uh I I I get what you're saying. I mean, it, we got introduced to new characters and like Anthony said, it's info dump because that's usually what happens when we're introduced to new characters. We got to yeah. find out a little bit of information about them, fill them out a little bit before it starts getting into the good stuff. But I mean, you're right. It is halfway through the season now. We're still no closer to finding the book than we were at the beginning of the season. Um, Except he did send Pierre mm -hmm. and Galloglass to Bohemia. So they're they're paving the way for him to go there. So I'm assuming we're going to get either next episode, well, maybe... I was going to say, probably within next, next episode. Yeah, probably within the next two episodes, two or three episodes, we'll get to Bohemia. After whatever he has to resolve with Philippe, in the next episode, probably the episode after that, we'll be in Bohemia. Yeah, Galaglass, Galaglass had the right, right idea by skipping this episode and going to Bohemia and being like... <laughs> Yeah, Pierre had to suffer through half of it. So, yeah, like, Yo, I, I think I can go too. Can I go too? Right. I'll just beat you. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully, they won't show us, you know, them going through the countryside <laughs> again to get to Bohemia. I just, I don't want to see it. Yeah, we. I, I, I think we've got enough traveling for this this season. So yeah, I think they can let that go. Um, they do need to pick it up and, and get us to Bohemia because I really hope that we don't make it all the way to the end of the season and then find out that all of the Bohemia stuff is going to take place at the beginning of season three. Oh, geez. I, I hope that's not what we get. But I do know that they have wrapped on season three. So at least uh, we shouldn't have a two-year hiatus like we did the first time. Um, you know, Oh wow, they they they're done with season three. Yep, I saw it today on Twitter wow. right before we uh signed in. They they have wrapped, so huh. yeah, they're done. So it's going to be so they bring it back in the summer or fall. No, it'll probably it'll probably be back maybe this this time next year. And you know it, it is a it's a cable show. They always have like a year hiatus, so who knows. Hopefully they'll maybe they'll shorten it and give it to us in the fall because we had to wait so long between the first and second season. Like it was almost right. a two year wait. So no, it was a two year wait. So yeah, hopefully they'll they'll release it maybe at the end of this year. Strike while the iron is hot. 
hope but so. I do want to I do want to see um, things pick up a little bit in in the next few episodes. Like I said, um, it's it's high time that you guys found this book. It's that's starting to be a sticking point for me now because this was how the show started was because of the book. Now we got to see what's going on. And um, I do know we get the witches in the next episode, um, Emily and Sarah, and there's something going on back mm -hmm. in 2020 at set tour, having to do with some books. And Isabel was worried about whether Ma Matthew and Diane are safe. So I don't know, maybe something changed. And that was, that was the shift that they were feeling that was going on because they were feeling some energy in the books. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe something changed in the history of those books, and that's that's what they were feeling. I don't know. I, I think they're feeling her. They're feeling Diana left the note in one of the books. Ah, okay. yeah, I think no, that, that's Auntie Auntie Anne messing and stuff. She shouldn't be messing around with. She yeah, I thought I thought that too. I was like, oh, that that's Sarah finding out that Emily has been messing in some stuff she's not supposed to be messing in. So I I don't know. I, I, I don't want it to be anything bad because I know Lori's theory about what happens to Emily. I, I don't want to see that this season. I don't want that to come to pass this season. So, no, we're we're going to – I like Anthony's theory. Yeah, Diana left him a note. Yeah, let's go with that. It's 100% possible. I mean, she is at set tour right now. She was in the she library. In the library. She's in the library, messed with so, the books. Yep. Yeah, so maybe that's the case. So I guess we'll see. Because he's probably it's probably safe to assume that those vampires have probably already read those books and wouldn't be going back through them again. This is true. <laughs> I am though, however, disappointed in Philippe's library. Didn't seem like he had a whole lot of books there. It was just like a bookcase. That's all I saw. Yeah, but, but we see that. They have a pretty extensive library by the time 2020 hits. So maybe they're just still in the process of collecting books. Okay. Or maybe we just saw a small portion of it. Because if you think about it, when Isabel was showing Marcus the library in the last episode, the part that was on the other side um, from where Philippe showed Diana that was a lot of the library having to do with the um, Knights of Lazarus. Okay. So maybe. He but one, one, one thing about this show is they don't just, they don't spend time just throwing a lot of throwaway scenes. Right. And her asking about the library, being in the library, and then we see in the preview for the next episode, there's something wrong with the witches and they're in the library going through books. Yeah. Duh. I mean. Mm -hmm. Can they be any more obvious? They probably could. Yeah, they'll be. <laughs> I'll take it. The same stuff. Same stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Well, I guess if no one else has anything to say, that is it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.